It is the 200 level episode 297, dadgummit. Dad's day. What a bummer. Did not expect that. Vegas didn't expect it. You probably didn't expect it either. And even my wife and buddy who both went to Michigan State did not expect it either. It was a weird day from the start. I I get there early, bright and early, 7 o'clock to stake out my spot, knowing it would be windy, but not knowing exactly what that wind would feel like. And oh my God, violent wind. We tried to get the canopy up and then one nut and bolt fell off and we said, you know what, let's just, what are we doing here? We're we're thinking way too much. But ended up having a great day. And, you know, the tailgate was fun. The atmosphere in the stadium was fun. But the game itself was weird and hard to have a sustained bit of excitement. It's like you kept waiting for the bear to wake up. You kept poking up like, come on, you know, you got 55,000 people here. The crowd looked great, but they didn't get a whole lot of moments outside of the opening quarter to really go nuts. That game, it felt like could have been put away right away. It really did. You had a Michigan State team on the ropes after the first play of the game. Sidney Brown gets the interception right in front of my dad and I. You get three runs for about 25, 30 yards. And I'm thinking, let's just run it five times. Chase Brown, they don't stop it. You punch it in. And of course, you don't punch it in. And you don't convert on fourth down. You don't even get a field goal, which I didn't mind that call. But in hindsight, maybe you take the points. I think you're up at that point. Well, let's see. Michigan State, you might have kept them away from the end zone once. And then they got a field goal. But to be honest, the game yesterday was kind of a blur because, as I mentioned before, it was difficult enough to get into it. So while there are individual moments I can point at and say that probably didn't help, I don't really know what to call the whole thing. It is a little bit easier to swallow because you have a situation, unlike Indiana, where it felt like you were actually outmanned. Maybe that's more troubling because Indiana felt like you shot yourselves in the foot, but you were definitely the better team. I don't think on any planet you were the better team yesterday. And I don't know what that says about this Illinois team. I think it says that Michigan State is underachieved this year. I think it says that it's hard for a team to go from 10 wins to like four and eight. And that really this Michigan State team, they're going to finish six and six. They got a couple gimmies coming up. I think Rutgers and uh, somebody else. But they should finish six and six when all is said and done. And I also kind of maybe underestimated the mental component of the tunnel incident for them that why the hell not? They had nothing to lose at this point. Your weeks don't get any worse than that. And we had plenty to lose. Now, fortunately, this is an East opponent, so it doesn't really mess up anything in terms of the Big Ten West. But it is still a frustrating game because of the lost opportunities. It does seem as if you probably lost game day. you know. And I tweeted out earlier today that, well, if they're going to be a Texas for Texas and TCU then you might not have gotten it anyways, but it, it does seem as if, you no, know, you would have gotten game day, which is kind of a bummer. <laughs> kind of. It is a bummer. It's a huge missed opportunity. You also miss an opportunity to set up this Purdue game as win and you're in Indy. You win the Big Ten West on senior day in front of the home crowd. For me, if there's one thing that screams, that's so Illinois, it's that. You know, this moment where you're on the precipice of really setting yourselves up for a really fun weekend. But what you do is you pull the rug out from under fans, a lot of whom probably came to the stadium for the first time yesterday. And they're thinking to themselves, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, three times, etc. And I do worry that for the Purdue game, it's going to be kind of paltry in terms of attendance. Doesn't help that it will be winter. The high temperature forecasted for next Saturday, 38. 
Crazy winds coming out of the West. Great. Another windy day. <laughs> I don't mind a winter tailgate. I don't mind the 11 a.m. start. But when you factor on all these things, it is probably going to keep people away from the stadium. There's not the homecoming and Daz Day thing to bring people into it. And you let a lot of people down. Now, I'm in a little bit different place mentally where yesterday didn't feel like, ah, that's so Illinois. You're 7-2. and two. You are still well on your way, I think, to being 9-3. and three. Though what really now, the narrative, I should say, turns to how do you respond after true adversity? After the Indiana game, they responded brilliantly. They won six in a row. You have three games now coming up, one of which against a terrific opponent in Michigan, two of them against teams that you should beat. And if we'll get to Purdue later this week and maybe a little bit today, but I'm sorry, you need to beat Purdue. But I said the same thing yesterday. So if there's any inkling like, "Uh uh-oh, is the bottom falling out? I'm going to take a little solace in the fact that the team appeared to be absolutely pissed off yesterday. And I don't think Jeremy and Joey could have said the word pissed off or the words pissed off more than they did in their podcast. That was the tenor of the locker room afterwards. Alex Palchewski was seething, I think is the word that Jeremy Werner used. Brett Bielema in that press conference, ticked off, angry, and mostly with his own team, but also with... Michigan State deciding they were going to be like a bunch of European soccer players and continue to fall on the ground. There are issues I have with Michigan State. There are issues I have with Mel Tucker. I hate losing to what I perceive to be a not very good head coach. But then you could say, Carp, slow your roll a little bit. You may not like him because of the Chicago Bears and how bad he was with them. But he has won college football games, and that is true. That is true. But boy, you had a team coming in that was as vulnerable as ever and an opportunity to really just grab the bull by the horns and get this done. I do wonder, the way that yesterday went, and knowing that this Illinois team is not perfect, I thought elite defense, they were not elite yesterday. They just weren't. Bad positions being put in or not, that was not an elite unit. But I thought this is a very good team, and I think I used the word great, but I still recognize that there were flaws, that if they all happen in one game, that's why I said the confidence level was 9 out of 10, because football is that crazy game, and I made that Reference in the last podcast to Norm McDonald does not bet on football, or didn't, I should say, because he unfortunately passed. But he's a big-time gambler, and he said, I'm not going to bet on it because it's not a round ball. Weird things happen. Well, weird things did happen with that oblong ball, including your punter being unable to actually put a foot on it. And then that came after a really awful punt not that long before it. Your special teams killed you. Your line play was subpar for how it had been. And I don't think your offensive coordinator did you a whole lot of favors when it mattered the most. You got the yardage, but you didn't have the points. And that's all that matters. So everything came home to roost in one game and an inspired Michigan State performance. As I wake up today and think if they would have played that game over 10 times, the way those two teams were playing yesterday, I'm not talking about a rematch. I'm saying where those two teams were when they stepped on the field yesterday. You replay that 10 times, you lose most of them. There was nothing fluky about the way Michigan State won. So perhaps that is the overriding concern. But guess what? You aren't playing Michigan State next week, and you're playing Purdue, another Big Ten West team that has struggled mightily against Big Ten West teams. You're playing Northwestern in two weeks from now. And yeah, they had an inspired, I guess you would say, effort against Ohio State yesterday. 21-7 loss. There are no such things as gimmies, I suppose, but if you got a Big Ten title on the line against Northwestern, you damn well better win it. And if you don't, then this team, what I think they are, that would evaporate in a flash. The likeliest outcome still seems to be pretty positive, though. 
Nine and three seems to be right there for you. And that's really good. And part of the reason I wasn't seething myself when I left the stadium yesterday was because I tried to remind myself that all I've ever asked for is just a winning football program. I didn't ask for college football playoff appearances, which as fun as that was to get in the rankings, it's okay, you know, because you weren't there yet. This is year two of Bielema. And I would like to think this is not his best team. I'd like to think that, and I hope that that bears out to be true. I'm more confident in that than, let's say, after the Rose Bowl or after the Sugar Bowl. I do feel, and maybe it's the age talking, being 36 and not a kid, I think there's more in front of us that would suggest, yes, there will be better teams going forward with Brett Bielema than what you have. But then some would say strike while the iron is hot, and I understand that argument too. So here's the two truths I'm holding in in separate hands here. The first truth is this. This team is having a much better season than I or anyone else probably would have guessed. And at 7-2, and two, I'm ecstatic about that, and you still control your own destiny for the Big Ten West. On the other hand, we can hold the truth that yesterday was, in many ways, inexcusable. But inexcusable, not so much because of effort or anything like that. I still think Illinois came out and they tried. They just didn't execute. And they made too many mistakes, and they are not good enough, as Brett Bielema said, to make that many mistakes and get away with it unless you're playing a god-awful team. I hope that this is the reset for them that it was for me. I didn't mind leaving the lots yesterday thinking, okay, take a step back. (laughs) I'd gotten so into it to the point where I had a hard time sleeping Thursday into Friday morning and then Friday into Saturday morning for sure. I woke up at 3.30 on Saturday, got the tailgate to think about, can't wait watching the radar okay looks like the rain's getting out of here and then the game the game especially that's what I was looking forward to the most I was so wrapped up in this thing that I was really starting to only think about Illinois football and I love sports but sometimes you need that reminder that it is after all only sports and if the old adage you can't win them all uh, that's gonna bear out to be true for 99% of teams in college football and I would like to think that as we look back on the 2022 season in a media guide or just kind of reminiscing, we'd think, oh, yeah, there was that one random loss to Michigan State and that we're going to be okay with it ultimately because this team will still accomplish something in, the, in this way, uh, a trip to Indy for the Big Ten West or as the Big Ten West representative. You still do that. Then the Michigan State game is relatively an afterthought. You make the Citrus Bowl or Capital One Bowl, whichever. Then the Michigan State game is still an afterthought. You probably weren't making the college football playoff. I don't need another trip to the Rose Bowl. But you can still play yourself into what would be considered an excellent year two for Brett Bielema. I ultimately think that's what happens, but there's no doubt that yesterday was a little bit jarring. And we'll get to the YouTube live chat and see what you all think about this. Because I want to know for you guys in the chat window, how are you feeling today? And is it anger? Is Are you okay with certain aspects of it? It's just disappointment that this week isn't going to be the buildup that we all hope for. I think part of my inability to sleep and my overriding excitement was, oh my God, if you just win this game, and I think you will, you're going to set up the week to end all weeks. This would have been an all-time week for Illinois football. It's not going to be that. And for that, I hate it. Hate it for the players. I hate it for the fans that have been through all this for years and have at least in one way, shape, or form stuck around through all this. But I want to hear from you in the YouTube live feed. And uh, yeah, I would much prefer to be talking about a win. But this is the first time we're talking about a line football loss in two months. That's not bad either. So those are the two truths, right? We're doing pretty well. 
but yesterday sucked, and it's okay that both are true at once. Got to thank our sponsors, of course, DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. You can order a custom zone with any topping you want or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. That's at dpdoe.com. Also got to thank Rector Construction online at rectorconstruction.com for all your home exterior projects. While it is going to be getting colder outside, these guys can work basically year-round. So get a free quote today at rectorconstruction.com. That's rectorconstruction.com. State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business renters. You name it. It's good to have insurance, especially if you, you know, put a hole in your drywall after Illinois loses a game like that. I hope you didn't, but Brian would be a good representative to have just in case you did happen to break something yesterday. Or if your car was in the parking lot and a big branch fell down and hit it. I got to thank our tailgating friend Gino for telling me after I'd parked under a tree, hey, you might want to move over. And sure enough, leaving the lots, there was this gigantic tree that was down in lot 31. So good call, Gino. But got to thank, of course, State Farm agent Brian Hansen. That is brianismyguy.com. Brianismyguy.com. And last but not least, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Time to get that furnace check. It's going to be cold this weekend. Friday, a big cold front is moving through. So you want to make sure that everything's in tip-top shape because we are getting beyond sweatshirt weather. We're getting into parka weather. So give them a call today at 217-841-4728. That's Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing at 217 217- 841-4728. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. The Lanai Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners in, partners with the 200 level. All right, let's get to the chat feed here. And I want to thank the uh, folks that popped in on the Sunday morning because I remember for a long time at 93.5, I would sell radio ads for the sports show. And I would tell people that you know, even when Illinois is not good, there is a catharsis about sports radio that brings as many people in. Well, I know that is not true. I know it's not true because I see the podcast numbers after wins and then after losses. And even after the Nebraska win, we had the most listened to podcast in 200 level history after the Nebraska win. And that wasn't some remarkable Saturday. It was just they got the job done and they were seven and one. And I think that excitement was reaching a fever pitch. Yesterday was interesting to see 56,000 people in the stands, and it looked great. Student section took a while to fill in, and boy, did they leave early. (laughs) The minute Michigan State went up two scores, they were out of there, and that full student section turned back into the sort of, you know, angle with the corners empty. But I do understand that, and also they were getting pelted in the face with wind, so it would not have been pleasant up there. But I think it indicated to me that everybody was, not everybody, but most Illini fans were at least sensing the same thing that I was, that, boy, this this was boiling up and, and reaching this point where we were about to have an all-time Illini moment. And we aren't going to have that this week against Purdue, which is why the Michigan State game, I looked at these two games as a two-game, you know, A and B, not so much separate games, but two parts of a whole. I called the last podcast Home Sweet Home because I thought, okay, Here you go. Everything's right in front of you. Home games against two very beatable opponents that you would be favored against. And now that package deal's out the window, so we got to focus on Purdue. But before we do that, let's talk about Michigan State and really your guys' overriding feelings about where are we after a loss like that. Peyton says, we all just got caught with our hand in the cookie jar and got slapped in the face. And Peyton, that was really it. Now, the good thing about the way yesterday went is it wasn't some sort of fourth quarter slap in the face. 
it was a full game where you kind of had to start reconciling with yourself. If we lose, what then? So when we left the stadium, it was an emptier feeling than, of course, a win. But I didn't personally have this, grr. I did uh, the last few times Michigan State pretended they were injured, of course. But I didn't have this sort of pit in the stomach thing like, "Uh uh-oh, we blew it and now we're going to blow everything else. It was more just in a nutshell, I felt a little bamboozled for having gotten that excited. But then I also tempered that by saying, hold on, you're seven and two and you still have two very winnable games and we'll see what happens at Michigan. And I still think you can beat Michigan. So it's everything that went wrong yesterday could have. It was the Murphy's Law thing, but I'm not extrapolating that into, oh, well, now as a football program, everything is going to go wrong. On one Saturday, everything went wrong. And if this team is to repeat its own history, they should respond well in the next three weeks. Joseph says, hey, it's still year two and we can still win the West. And who knows, the last time we felt this down, they rattled off six straight wins, including a couple that people thought they had no chance of winning. And Joseph, I'm kind of leaning on that and not in some sort of blind faith kind of way. I'm leaning on that because after the Indiana game, you heard a lot of the same things that you heard after this one. The stakes were higher, certainly against Michigan State because of college football playoff talk and all these things that this program has not experienced. So the stakes were higher, but yet the reaction afterwards was the same. And it seemed like a team that realized we did this to ourselves as much as the other team beat us. Now, I think Michigan State, in in that sort of spectrum, between the opponent beat you and you beat yourselves, this is a little bit more on the side of Michigan State also beating you. Because as mistake-prone as Illinois was yesterday, I thought Michigan State looked pretty good, all things considered. They were occasionally gashing you up the middle for 10, 11, 12-yard runs. That was something we have not seen in the second half. Nebraska might have done that early a couple times, but you settled in. Yesterday, we saw that in the second half against Michigan State a few times. That was troubling. You saw a push from their offensive and defensive lines. They got to Tommy DeVito plenty. It was the worst performance of our offensive line. I think the most lackluster performance from our defensive line as well. And while they eventually kind of got going in terms of QB rush, I don't think that it was nearly as dominant as we've seen from the defensive line. So... I do think they respond. I think it might have just been that perfect storm of you made a bunch of mistakes, and we know that Michigan State still has athletes. I knew that, but I thought there's so much of a mess that, come on, Mel Tucker. I was really simplifying it to Mel Tucker's kind of, I I perceive to be a a very subpar head coach, and that you would take care of this because you got Brett Bielema and this staff. But no, that's not the case. Football's weird, you know, and maybe one of you guys will say this in the chat thread as well, but... And that was the other overriding thought I had is that football can just be weird. So what am I going to do? Come home and break something, you know, because they lost to Michigan State? No. If they lose to Purdue, then all of a sudden we do start changing the narrative a little bit and worry, wait a second, was there a mirage thing going on? I don't want to have that conversation. I don't think we will. And if they come out and they respond well on Saturday, I think the good vibes are immediately back. I actually love that it's an 11 a.m. game and we don't need to wait. Just get back on the field. Get back on the field. Let's get to it. Okay, this is from Jeremy. Despite the setback yesterday, 9-3 is still attainable. Indy in the Big Ten title game is still there for us. A great bowl game is still on the table. Jeremy, I'm going to amend my prediction because you know what I said last week. Win out. Well, that's the fun thing about predictions. It's... It's just for fun, and I guess you look smart if you're right, and if you don't, well, you can just shrug it off and say, I was just making a prediction. Well, no, I truly did think they were going to win out, and I certainly didn't think they were going to lose to Michigan State. But 
I mentioned the word reset, and as a fan, I don't mind the reset of, wait a second, you were not college football playoff caliber, but you were still a team capable of 9-3 and in a Capital One Bowl appearance. And after the Minnesota game, I wasn't thinking college football playoff. I was thinking, get to Indy, get to Indy. And then a bye week, and then he beat Nebraska, and some other things shake out, and you start to think, or start to believe, I should say, your own press clippings. Now, I guess I feed into the press clippings because I got a podcast, but I really did feel like what I was seeing was telling me, wow, they could be that good. But they were able to overcome a lot of the same issues, red zone offense, special teams, namely. And probably the inability, you know, we can talk about this later, I suppose, but I think the inability to stretch the field, wind or not, they have not been stretching the field. And I don't know if that's like they feel they can't. They don't have speed on the outside. That might be true. I just wish they'd try. But yeah, I think that you're right, Jeremy. And I'm, that's the mindset I'm taking now is, okay, well, yeah, you got to beat Purdue. I don't mind going back into a little bit of a show-me phase. After the Indiana game, you might recall that I really, well, you might recall, I was just a little pissed off. And it was kind of funny because I I didn't mention this. Yesterday, Taz Nicholson's grandpa, who listens to the podcast, and we had a good conversation in the lots. Really cool guy. He drives up from Mississippi for all these games. And he, he started laughing when he mentioned, man, after that Indiana game, and I was kind of worried because I remember just criticizing everybody and everything in that game. I was so sick of it, and I was like, here we go again. Though maybe he probably, the criticisms I had against the defense towards the end of that game and, and just a couple sloppy mistakes, he might have agreed with it, but it was great talking with him yesterday. And I was just thinking, after that, I took that, you got to show me. You know, this team has to show me again. Now, unlike the show me after Indiana where I said, I'm not going in the stadium, I'm staying in the parking lots. And I did, somewhat stubbornly. But then they won that Virginia game so resoundingly. And Virginia, not great, but they did compete yesterday at home against UNC. They only lost by three. UNC is a top 20 team. So I don't think Virginia's as bad as they looked. I think we helped make them look bad because their defense is terrific that day. And that was enough to make me say, okay, well, go back in for Chattanooga. Okay, don't be such a curmudgeon. You know, everything that you want is still there for you. And at that point, it was still 7-5. and five. Make a bowl game. Music City Bowl would be great. Avoid Detroit if you can, but I'll take a bowl game. Well, now, of course, the expectations have changed, and they change because of that three-game swing between Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota, which are looking like better wins, if you think about it. Wisconsin, especially is looking like a better win. And and keep in mind, they lost to Michigan State too. So Michigan State, I've, I've used the word, they're just a mess. And I, I still believe that. But that doesn't mean they aren't good enough to pop the upset. How much better is Illinois than Wisconsin? If they were to play 10 times, I think Illinois wins six. I don't know about seven. So that is to say Illinois is a little better than Wisconsin. On that day, they were a lot better than Wisconsin. But what this team, to their credit, has done is they've maximized their talent. They've taken advantage of the schedule. You can only play the games in front of you. And that if I were to kind of reframe it and I ignore the Vegas spread of 17 points, which might have been ridiculous, but I don't know. I thought, I thought, yeah, that makes sense. Then it's not like yesterday was quite as shocking as you might have been led to believe. But then again, on the other side, he still should have won yesterday. So it's, these are the two truths, right? I'm back in show me mode. I think they will against Purdue. I, I like the number of veterans on this team and the edge that they usually play with, maybe that edge when you win enough and you were not accustomed to winning, how can you maintain that angry edge week in, week out? And maybe not angry, but the business-like approach, 
right, that helped this team get to the 7-1 record. How can you maintain that level consistently if you've not done it before? It would have to be tough. Even if you're saying the right things and even if you believe that you're approaching things the right way, there is probably some intangible edge that these teams need to continue to win week out, week in, week out. So perhaps this is the reset that not just fans, but also the program or the team needs. I think the program's fine. The loss sucks for this team in this season. But I don't think it's by any means indicative of, oh, well, we had a good run, 7-2, and two, and now we're going to... No, I don't, I don't think this is any indication that things are going by the wayside. It certainly does suck, though. See, you might be thinking, Carp, are you kind of contradicting yourself here? It's like the dichotomy of after a loss. Am I just trying to sugarcoat things and make myself feel better? Or do I actually believe this? I actually do believe this team stole his 9-3 right there, and that's fantastic. And I'm not canceling my room in Indy. It's refundable in case something goes wrong. But I still think that is the goal, and that's right there. And whether they were 10-2 and two or 9-3, and three, it's still pretty damn good. And this could end up being, oh, that was the random loss. That was the stinker. Better to lay a stinker, if we're being honest, which every team is capable of doing. Better to lay the stinker against Michigan State than Purdue. So if you come out and you look good against Purdue, I mean, why can't you do what Iowa did against Purdue? Let's talk about that for a second. 24-3 to yesterday. Iowa's offense looked halfway decent. So Purdue's defense leaves a lot to be desired. We saw that with Wisconsin and what their offense did. We saw that with Iowa and a struggling offense. Well, Northwestern and Purdue seems to get them back. What are the two teams you have remaining? Purdue and Northwestern. I don't think Purdue can match the physicality or athleticism of Michigan State. I don't think they can It is going to be windy, and I know the wind didn't help Illinois, but who needs the passing game even more? Peyton Thorne has more than just a Charlie Jones, and Peyton Thorne was tremendous yesterday. And Aiden O'Connell, I think, might be more of a system quarterback than what you would consider a guy like Peyton Thorne that, while he doesn't have the gaudy numbers of an Aiden O'Connell, seems to be maybe a little more versatile. Now, I think that's my long-winded way of saying, do what Iowa did. You should. The elements are still against Purdue. I had a random thought today as well. It was wind coming out of the south yesterday in the stadium, and it swirls. So it's like every both teams were getting pummeled by the wind yesterday, and Michigan State handled it better, which surprised me and was a little bit dis- disappointing as an Illini fan. It's like, this is your stadium. like You should be able to use those things to your advantage. No, Michigan State used them to their advantage. The wind is coming out of the west. That's the forecast. So we, we're going to have like a kickoff temperature of like 32 degrees. And sunny, but really windy out of the west. And I'm thinking, well, what team's on the east sideline facing that wind? All I know and all I'm saying here is I know how I felt after getting pummeled in the face with 60 60 mile per hour wind gust when it was 60 degrees outside yesterday. Over the course of a game for a team that has that spread pass attack that is so reliant on going through the air like Purdue does and just the human component of getting pummeled in the face with consistent 25-mile-per-hour winds and gusts, I don't know. Am I, looking for, am I looking for some extra assurance that we're going to win next week, perhaps? But that doesn't help them. So come on. Like, see, I'm already switching gears to Purdue. Maybe that's healthy, switching gears and not focusing on Michigan State. But there might be some overriding concerns, and maybe you guys will get to it here in the live chat. Jacob says 0 for 3 in the red zone is killer. Or sorry, 1 out of 4, Jacob. So they missed 3 opportunities in the red zone. It's a killer. Yeah, you're right. And it really started with the opening drive. 
The one time, by the way, that you started a drive in Michigan State territory, and they had more than a few that started in your territory. That kills you as well. Field position, red zone offense, special teams in general. And and I, I want to hit on this real quick. You got rid of Tony Peterson after one year. I don't think just getting rid of a guy is always the right move, but it, I'll be interested to see it years in. Do they just cut ties with Snyder, the special teams guy? Because this ain't working. It's not. And it arguably has cost you two games. We looked at last year and the change they made at offensive coordinator because you lost games on account of Tony Peterson's offense. You're losing games on account of Snyder's special teams. If you got the pockets to do it, make a move. And, and to me, I, I don't want anyone to lose their job, but if Bielema has put out the precedent that if you're losing us games, you're out of here, then that's a move that I think has to be made. So we'll watch it. But This is Joseph. I got a lot out of getting all Illinois possible now, and now I don't want to look at anything. This is the first thing I've indulged that's Illinois-related. So, Joseph, is your point there that you took a break after the game until now? Like, you just tried not to consume anything? I know last night I didn't try to think about it. It sucked, and I didn't want to watch any videos or anything like that. It's like, okay, take a break. I went on a run this morning. I listened to Jeremy and Joey's podcast to kind of get my mind back into Illinois football mode. And, yeah, I... I'm with you, though, and I know this podcast is not going to be the most listened to 200-level podcast, and I, success breeds success for not just the team on the field or the court, but everyone that covers them or all the people that sell merchandise, so it's a shame that we all this momentum we were building up is kind of halted, but I do love that it's only a temporary halt and that you can get it mostly back on Saturday without all the pomp and circumstance of game day, which would have been amazing, and without the ability to clinch at home. And that sucks. I tell you what, though, after the way yesterday happened, I think it's clear, and ugh, am I just trying to make myself feel better? Yeah, they, I said they were going to win out. The way yesterday unfolded was a stark reminder that you were not elite yet, and you would have lost another game. You just plain would have. Let's say you're 8-1, and one, and you're feeling... The same way, right? You don't have that extra edge going into Purdue. And meanwhile, Purdue's coming off of a disappointing loss. Then, well, I think you run the risk of losing to Purdue. I just think that the weird game was going to happen. Unfortunately, it happened yesterday. But fortunately, it was a Big Ten East team that doesn't do a whole lot in terms of your division standings. One thing I want to hit on real quick that I know Jeremy and Joey did because there was an angry YouTube live commenter saying, ah, so who cares if you win the Big Ten West? And I agree with Jeremy. Stop. <laughs> If you win the Big Ten West, that's an accomplishment. That's something that on the Wikipedia page, they shade that season yellow or orange based on you're a conference champion or a division champion. It's something that the coaching staff can sell. It's something that I will remember forever. I want to go to Indy regardless of what happens in Indy because I don't know the next time we'll get that opportunity after realignment. Enjoy what's here, which is 7-2, and two, and the possibility of going to Indy. Don't let a down Big Ten West take away from the fun of this. We're still a good football team. We'll find out if they're great. I don't know. But they're they're good to very good. And that's more than I could have expected this year. And for year two of a program rebuild, you're telling me they could make Indy? And it's still right there in front of them? I mean, that's why I think it tempered my anger, so to speak, yesterday, is that all I've ever wanted was a winning football program to make my football Saturdays that much more enjoyable. I have that right now. And I think I'll continue to have that in some way, shape, or form. So... This is what football teams deal with. 
upsets, disappointing losses. If it happens time and time again, as it did for decades with Illinois football, then you just suck. But in this season, it's hard to extrapolate one bad Saturday and say, oh, well, that nullifies everything before because it doesn't nullify anything that they've done. So disappointing, yes. Infuriating, depends on how you look at it. Infuriating that you missed an opportunity to get things done now, but the ultimate goal, you just pushed it back in terms of when you might accomplish it. I still think he can beat Michigan. I'm going to keep saying that. So <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that. I think I, I think I still believe it. I really do, despite what happened against Michigan State. All right, here we go. This is from Jacob. I was angry at first, but then realized everything is still there in front of them. The college football playoff was a long shot regardless, so let's get Purdue and we're back on track. Exactly. That's that's where I'm at, Jacob. And excited to get there on Saturday. You know, I it's going to be cold, but I'm okay. I, I like the novelty of a cold game. And as a newly minted tailgate leader or whatever, you know, getting the canopy and get everything set up. This is a new challenge. I'm going to embrace that challenge and, and be excited. And I love, listen, the older I get, I'm up early on these game day Saturdays anyways. Why wait? Let's play at 11. No need to wait. From Peyton, I'm disappointed, but I still trust the anger in the Smith Center is enough to get this team right before Purdue. Peyton, I was talking to my dad after the game and he said, and I, I kind of, I'm with him on this, that for this last three game stretch, Apparently, this team did need something extra. I am going to take the mindset this week of, okay, now you've got real adversity. You you have to deal first with the disappointment and the air being let out of the balloon that this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity is not going to happen the way that they probably foresaw it. And I don't care who you are in that football performance center. You were starting to visualize what Purdue was going to be like. There's no doubt that they were because that's human nature. And they could say all the right things and Bielema could say this is all about this week. But if you are a human, fan or player, you are thinking, if we just win, then Purdue, can you imagine that week? It would have been that way. And and that's on one hand a shame. But on one hand, maybe a bit of a relief. If you were to say there's two options here, Carp, and I think these are not the only two options, but... Option A is you get game day, but there's a chance that you just lay an egg against Purdue because you're feeling so good, and I'd say, ooh, what's option B? Well, you lose against Michigan State, and you don't get game day, but you're feeling a lot better about beating Purdue. I'd take option B. Now, you might be saying, Carp, what is this deal you're playing with? Like, you're taking some major assumptions that those are the only two options. I I truly believe the way yesterday unfolded, as I said, was an indicator this team was going to drop a stinker at one point and it probably was going to happen in one of these two games it probably was I mean Michigan you know I could you call it a stinker if they go up and they lose by 10 13 14 points against Michigan I don't think so that's just maybe Michigan outmanning you but uh, you laid a stinker yesterday and better than better than than this upcoming week you might be hearing Rosie on this podcast by the way All right. Billy said yesterday snapped me back into thinking about the bigger picture a little more and things still look pretty good. I agree, Billy. It snapped me back into that as well. All about perspective, I suppose. You know, I came back and I think my wife and my in-laws were thinking I was going to be, you know, super pissed. And I wasn't because it's just, hey, you you guys won. It's not like, yes, the, the European soccer faking injury thing is annoying, but that didn't dictate how the game went like if you're Illinois you overcome that and if you don't guess what Michigan State deserved to win so it it does make it more palatable than the Indiana game in that you replay that 
10 times. Unlike the Indiana game, you replay that 10 times, you're winning that game eight times. I think it might be the inverse for what we saw yesterday, and that in a weird way makes it more palatable, though it might indicate that this team is not ready to play yet with the big boys. That might be true. Okay, let's see here. This is from Jeremy. Disappointed in how yesterday turned out, but still optimistic for the remainder of the season. We're ahead of where I thought I'd we'd be in year two. Jeremy, agree with that. Michael says, that was disappointing. I'm disappointed. I hope the team is angry. Last time we played like this, we had a lot of six straight. That's the hope. And Michael makes a good point here. We had two points that were basically turned, two punts, excuse me, that were basically turnovers. Yeah. Can't happen. Cannot happen. I hope this kid, I think his name's Dooley. Is his last name Dooley? And maybe chat window, you guys know. They're bringing in a scholarship punter next year. They need it. Good God. (sighs) You cannot lose games on punts. You can't just straight up miss the ball with your foot. It's not personal. It's just if, if you're going to be at this level of football, you can't do that, and you will lose games because of that. So you could argue more than red zone offense, more than any of that, special teams have directly resulted in the two losses that you've had this year, and I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you. It goes to show the value, as boring as it may sound, of if you're just sound in your three levels, just sound in all three levels, you win more games than you lose. And Bielema mentioned yesterday, We did everything we could to lose that game, and I might be paraphrasing that, but it's true, and most of it, or I should say at least half of it, was on that phase of the field that's only on the field for a few plays a game. Those plays can change games, and unfortunately, the punting absolutely killed you yesterday. T. Scott says, I'm not even mad or disappointed about this loss. Not even disappointed, T. Scott. I'm disappointed, but the the madness, it sounds like I'm crazy or something, the anger wasn't there like I thought it might be. And to be honest, T. Scott, I didn't even contemplate losing to Michigan State. That was the bluster with which I was operating, and that didn't really serve me well. Joseph says, if they come out flat against Purdue, I think that would be the biggest disappointment because I believe in the staff, and it would make me question everything. Joseph, that's the crux of it. I really do agree with you in that I'm so high on this staff. If they were to come out and look, if it's like a repeat of the Michigan State game where you're like, whoa, what's, what, what is this? What happened to the team that went 7-1? Then I do worry that there was some sort of smoke and mirrors thing going on, but I, I don't think there was smoke and mirrors things going on. And I think with Michigan State rattling off probably another two wins to get to their sixth one of the season, it will show, okay, they were a disappointing 6-6, six and six, but they had the capability of being an 8-9 or nine win team if they just weren't such a darn mess. Well, for one day, that team that was a mess wasn't a mess. You know what this is like, actually? I've compared Mel Tucker to Ron Zook. Ron Zook in his last two years went 6-6 six and six, each of the regular seasons and still have the capability of pulling off random upsets. The 6-6 six and six team in 2010 went into Penn State and smoked him. Now, I don't recall Penn State was ranked or not. I'm not sure. But if you were a Penn State fan that day, you're like, really? Lost to this guy? But that's football. That's football. And it didn't mean that, oh, well, Penn State all of a sudden sucks again. They probably bounce back the next week for all I know. I think Joe Paterno was still, yes, he was still there in 2010. So we are not familiar ourselves with fans, as fans, with this kind of success, right? This is the first time since 2007 they've started a season this well. So we are growing accustomed to it ourselves. And I think because of that, you know, at first it's jarring, but then you realize almost every program deals with this and they get over it. So I, I feel 
optimistic and, and hopefully having turned over a new leaf as a fan that, well, wait a second. It wasn't what you wanted, but you live to play another game and they do on Saturday. I'm going to be there and the excitement will bubble up. And yeah, this is what happens. It's football. I mean, and chat window, tell me if I'm just kind of brushing this off too easily, but sometimes isn't it that simple? It's just, it's a game. Weird things happen. One team is feeling it on a given Saturday and the other team is not. I don't know. When you have so many variables in any given football game and the way that that ball can bounce, it just bounced in Michigan State's favor yesterday. And I, I don't know. I, I can live with that oddly. And and maybe that's... Be, I'll, I'll throw this out there. Having been to the Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl talk was percolating again. And I was like, I don't want to go out there. It was a pain in the ass. It's expensive. The stadium sucks. It's freezing cold in the mornings in that valley. It's not what it's cracked up to be. It's better to watch on TV than it is to be there. I assure you. And I think I would have even been saying that if Illinois had won the Rose Bowl. The the surroundings and everything, and if anyone else was out there in 07, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought it was a pain in the ass. No desire to go back out there. So if I'm to find a random silver lining, I think this almost makes us that much closer to making the Capital One Bowl in Orlando. That's kind of what I want. I kind of want the Capital One because I find it'd be a hell of a lot less pressure than a New Year's Six or Rose Bowl. You're probably going to play an opponent that you're more likely to beat. And I'd rather be 10-4 and four after the Capital One Bowl than 9-5 and five after New Year's Six and getting smoked by Clemson. I don't know if that makes sense. You want the best bowl game. You want the best opponents. I get that. But I've already done the thing where they made a meteoric rise from no bowl to nine wins and a Rose Bowl appearance. And then that, how that season ended with such a thud, I don't know. C- call me crazy. I, I've, I've kind of been circling Florida. I've been looking at Florida flights, not California. I want, and have my entire life, wanted the Citrus Bowl or now the Capital One Bowl. I wanted the Outback Bowl or whatever it is now, the ReliaQuest.com Bowl. I'll take those, and that's still a great season. That's what Iowa makes every year. I'll take the Outback or the Capital One Bowl. Jacob, good point here. MSU learning from the CONCACAF. Is that how they say it? It's the soccer confederation of North America, Canada, right? CONCACAF teams. Yeah, the the flopping was ridiculous. My wife and I have had a few fun back and forth about that. She asked, if Illinois did that, what would you think? And I'd said, well, you know, I'd probably call it gamesmanship. Because she made the point, I've talked about how I don't care if Illinois were to pay players. And now you don't need to worry about that. You got name, image, likeness. But I have said before, before name, image, likeness, I don't care if we play pay players. I want to win. I have no moral objection to a lot of things in sports. Deflate gate for the Patriots didn't really freak me out that much. Astros, yeah, they probably cheated. But you know what? They kept getting back to the World Series. So am I going to fault the Astros for having cheated in 2017 when they just ripped through the playoffs and win the World Series last night? It's, it's sports. Everyone looks for advantages. That was planned out by Michigan State. It's frustrating. I think it's kind of lame. But, uh, yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, honestly, Mel Tucker, that's smarter than you'd think. You could call that cheap, and in, in some ways I think it is, but it helped them win the game. And if Illinois would have won the game and done the same thing to Michigan State, I'd say, well, that sucks, but we're 8-1. I don't know. I'm, I, I think I just brush it off at the end of the day. Mark says, special teams killed us yesterday. Terrible punting. 
Kick and punt returners had no idea the woman was going to make the ball behave differently in the air. I didn't get Mark how they didn't adjust. You know, they kept lining our kick returners back by the goal line. And maybe at the end of the game, they adjusted, put them up by the 10. But you're right. They had no idea. That was frustrating. Mark says, how about a yellow card or something for the soccer players that keep getting hurt? LOL. What a bunch of BS that was. I did say a few choice words. And I feel bad because we got such a nice couple that sits to the left of us. We got a really cool uh, couple guys in front of us, though. I don't think they mind the cursing so much. I try to keep it in a minimum in case I have a student that happens to be around because I'm a teacher. But that last flop by number 33, that was that really got under my skin. T. Scott says, this team already exceeded my expectations, so I'm just going to enjoy this, and I trust this staff. I think that's not an overly positive thing to say, T. Scott. I think based on what we've seen in nine games, that's still an approach that you can and probably should take. And I'm going to try to do the same. This is from Michael. Nope, feel the same. Every team has a game or two like this. So, Michael, you're referring to when I said, hey, you know, it's football. Am I crazy for saying that? The difference is teams like OSU usually win the poor games where teams that are still building, growing, lose most of them. That's true. There are the exceptions. There's the six, seven, eight programs that are elite or you know vying for national championships, and they can overcome a poor game. But most teams cannot, and that's why most teams finish with three or more losses. There's not a lot of two-loss teams. I felt we were going that direction. Well, you got two losses now. You might still finish 10-2 and two for all I know. But that was a poor game, and you lost the poor game, and sometimes it's as simple as that. You sucked, they didn't, you lost. Okay. Finally, here from Dustin. Agree about the Rose Bowl. I've lived in L.A. a while and have lots of friends I could see, but L.A. stadiums have great views but are pretty annoying to get to and out of uh, much, and get to and out of, much like the rest of the city. I remember, Dustin, we woke up at the crack of dawn. We stayed in Long Beach, which is kind of puzzling because that's so far away from Pasadena, but it might have been because of cost, to be honest. So we flew into Orange County, stayed in Long Beach, took like an hour to get up to Pasadena in the dark of night, and then an hour to get home, probably longer than that to get out of the golf. They have a golf course parking lot there. It was a pain in the ass. Just a bummer. And even if they would have won, it would have felt like, God, can we just get back to the hotel? <laughs> I, I really didn't like it. And Joseph says, hey, look at Notre Dame this year. They've lost a couple games to even worse teams because they make mistakes. All teams do this outside the Ohio States and Alabamas of the world. And by the way, Joseph... You have as many losses as Alabama. Be right, Notre Dame, a couple terrible losses, and what do they do? They beat Clemson. They smoke him last night. Good for Marcus Freeman. I'm rooting for him because he seems like a cool guy, the coolest coach they've had in a while, and I hope it works for him because he's certainly a nicer guy than Brian Kelly, or I would assume, but that's a pretty low bar, of course. Well, there we go. I mean, this is not to say there's, you know, this is, hunky-dory you know you you had a lot of issues yesterday that I hope are correctable and I think we have enough tape that would suggest that this team is better than what we saw yesterday they just stunk they really did and we can look at all the box scores I didn't even mention the box scores the fact that you gained 440 yards to their 290 but it didn't matter too many mistakes uncharacteristic sloppiness from this team fix it come out angry chip on your shoulder beat Purdue that's it beat Purdue and we're still rolling and I love the 11 a.m. I, I want to get back out to the tailgate at 2.30 on a cold Saturday and have a celebratory drink as you're 8-2 and two and well in position to make Indy. Because if this team, if it comes down to just beating Northwestern, you're going to do it. I, I trust this team enough that if they need to beat Northwestern to make Indy, they will. Michigan State's a whole different beast than Northwestern. All right, that's all I got today. I want to thank you guys for popping in on this Sunday. The Bears are about to start, or the Bears have started, so I'm going to go watch it with some interest, seeing Justin Fields start to 
turn out to be a decent quarterback. But we will be back, guess what, tomorrow. Tomorrow night, Illinois basketball starts. ESPNU, 8 o'clock tip. We'll do the second half here. I hadn't even thought about it. So I'm going to be watching this team for the first time. I'm excited. So join us for a live second half basketball podcast, Illinois versus the Eastern Illinois Panthers. Excited to see all these shiny new toys on Illinois. We'll also do one Friday. And uh, who are they play Friday? That's the banner raising ceremony. Saturday against Purdue. Maybe we'll do a midweek before Purdue, but I'll probably talk about football during both the Monday and the Friday podcast. But yeah, we're getting back into basketball season. Great timing for that. A welcome distraction this week until we get to the Purdue game. So here's what should happen this week. 2-0 in basketball. You beat Purdue in football, and we're feeling great. Uh, This is sports. There are disappointments. I think this team can overcome it and still achieve everything that we want them to. And that I'm sure they want that much more. All right, got to thank DP Doe. I'm on a dpdoe.com. Online at dpdo.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana, so order online at dpdo.com. That's Rector Construction. Online at rectorconstruction.com for all your home exterior projects. Rectorconstruction.com. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call today at 217-841-4728 for a furnace check because it's getting cold in the next, oh, six days. So you want to make sure your furnace is tip-top. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. And State Farm Agent Brian Hansen, online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate you YouTube Live folks on a Sunday morning that's more disappointing than most we've experienced this year, but... I think the sun, well, the sun did rise today. It's a beautiful fall day, and it will continue to throughout the rest of the week, even on Saturday morning when it's a blustery 25 degrees in the morning. You know what? Let's have a winter tailgate and beat Purdue. We'll see you tomorrow night, Monday, second half podcast for Illinois basketball versus Eastern Illinois. In the meantime, have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you Monday night. It is the 200 level.